Occupy a Job on Wall Street is an autobiographical novel about New York City in the aughts, centering around a protagonist who was mentored by three sociopaths. The author has more than 15 years of experience on Wall Street bracketing this same time period. While everything that follows is an accurate description of the world he witnessed, names and locations have been changed to protect people's identities. Episode 3, The Non-Me Too Moment Why has there been no Me Too movement on Wall Street? It's an interesting question. After all, the guy-girl ratio on Wall Street is about as skewed towards men as the oil rig space. We're not exactly talking about sensitive new age guys either, for that matter. My suspicion is it's a combination of the following two factors. Number one, there's just so much money floating around the business that the attitude is, we'll buy you and make you go away. Worked for Trump, right? He got to be president. The second reason is because many of the women who work on Wall Street are like my friend Laura. She deserves her own podcast series. But a quick digression. Laura's an equity sales trader. It's 2004. Remember 2004? Let me jog your memory. Saddam Hussein was captured. The Apprentice debuted. 191 innocent people were killed in the Madrid train bombings. Janet Jackson shows her boob off during the Super Bowl. Abu Ghraib abuse pictures leaked to the media. Facebook launches for Harvard students only. Massachusetts became the first state to legalize gay marriage, but 11 other states reject gay marriage in referendums. Tsunamis kill tens of thousands of people in Asia. The U.S. Marines assaulted Fallujah. The last episode of the show Friends aired. So Laura and I are at a local bar called Snafu. It was situation normal, all fucked up. These three traders from a big New Jersey mutual fund walk in, no doubt after a long dinner of getting their ass kissed by some second-tier New York banker who secretly detests them. Long-only funds are ascendant right now, and hedge funds are the red-headed stepchild of the stock market. Anyway, these guys are as cocky as you can imagine, and within 30 seconds, one of them drops a C-bomb right in front of Laura. Laura's almost six foot and hot, but she's all Philadelphia. Hard as nails, and people misjudge her all the time. She lines up on the guy and says, What did you just say? The trader just looks her in the eye and replies, Cunt. Laura headbutts him right above the nose and drops him to a knee. Then, for good measure, she headbutts the junior trader standing next to him who hadn't even said anything since entering the bar. I walk into the bathroom five minutes later and the first trader is looking at himself in the mirror and holding his forehead together with wads of bloody tissues and the guy goes, I just got headbutted by a beer-drinking Irish broad from Philly. I think I'm in love. So 15 minutes later, it seems like we're all friends again, standing around the bar in Snafu. But Laura's not done with this guy. It's almost midnight, so she suggests we go to a strip club. Everyone's terrified of her now, of course, but is stoked with this seeming change into a more conventional broker attitude. We walk in there, start throwing money around, and in no time, everyone, including Laura, has two strippers sitting on their laps. Laura looks over at the guy she dropped earlier in the nightclub and says, So, you having a good night, Sparky? He nods his head, suddenly wary at her tone. But it's too late, and she leans over, grabs him by the collar, puts a finger inside his shirt, and rips it downwards, taking every button off it and sending them flying all over the strip club. It takes a minute to dawn on him, but then he realizes... He has to go home to his wife with a bleeding forehead, covered in glitter, with no shirt, and smelling like a stripper. We never see that guy again. But like I said, 
I digress. This podcast is about the first reason Me Too hasn't hit Wall Street, the we'll-buy-you-and-make-you-go-away reason. We're still in 2004. I'm dating an assistant trader from a Fortune 500 bank. She's from Boston, and the Red Sox just won their first title in 86 years. You can picture her, in her mid-20s and loves everything besides rules. I'm one of their clients, and she arranges a dinner with me and four or five sales traders from the bank, as well as one of their managing partners. This guy is what Wall Street refers to as a BSD, a big swinging dick. He's a senior guy. His name's on the door. Now, no one knows I'm dating the junior trader, right? The dinner is uneventful, but we're sneaking each other little smiles and giving up surreptitious glances. If this story didn't end in tears, it'd be cute. So dinner comes to a close, and we're waiting on what must be a $10,000 check, and the big swinging dick with his name on the door says, We'll go into the Lido room. All of a sudden, you can physically feel the anticipation build at the table. A couple of the guys were even doing fist bumps, but my girlfriend and I are confused as to why. It's 11 p.m., and sure, the stock market is rallying, the city is full of opportunity and excitement, but what is it that can get these guys so worked up? The BSD leads us out the door and straight up the stairs past two thugs to what I always assumed was a member's room or a nightclub. We walk into a beautifully decorated room and there are women everywhere. I mean, there's 200 people in this bar and 95% of them are stunning, beautiful women. It's one of those nights where you walk into a club, the wind is at your back, and anything seems possible. But I'm the one with the girlfriend, right? So we find a place in the corner and I head to the bar to get us a drink. On the way there, girls are looking me in the eye, touching my arm. I get to the bar, and the women on either side grab my ass. This place is incredible. But wait. Then it dawns on me. There's 10 or 12 Wall Street guys in this club, and 190 hookers. I head back to my girlfriend in a hurry, shaking off a series of aggressive female advances, and she's understandably uncomfortable watching her colleagues at this den of degeneracy. As we're leaving, the managing director of the eponymous bank is walking out too, and he has four girls with him. I say to him, Listen, thanks for the dinner, but I have to ask, why four girls? He responds, Well, I set them up in a 69 and one licks my ass. Well, um, okay then. But what's the fourth girl for? She's here to hold my beer. The next morning, my girlfriend walks into Human Resources and tells this story word for word. Says she wants benefits until she's 65. We never see her again. So there you have it. The reason there's no Me Too movement on Wall Street is the girls who work on it either get a golden handshake or they give out a Philly one. Episode 4, Patty Nails, will be released soon. Please subscribe to listen. And hey, if you like this podcast, tell your friends to listen. And if you don't like it and think it sucks, then tell everyone you know how bad it is and that they need to check it out to know for themselves.